The Psychology of Resilient Leadership Many leaders and organizations have had to prove themselves to be resilient during this pandemic, trying or transition in time which has produced a new norm. Many companies and organizations did not survive this transition. However, what is the psychology of the resilient leadership that leads the organizations that did? Let's talk about it. Hey, greetings, leaders, and welcome to another episode of Leadership Is Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 44, The Psychology of Resilient Leadership. In times of uncertainty, everyone in an organization turns towards the leaders for guidance. But leaders can't be strong and confident without possessing the relevant skills, abilities, and the psychology of resilience to make the organization thrive under such trying times. Well, what are these trying times? We're not even talking about the impact of the or the financial impact and, you know, uh, supply chain impact that this war that's going on uh, between Russia and Ukraine. You know, we, we can't even measure the, the impact of that as of yet, as it's still uh, going on. But we can measure thus far the impact of the uh, COVID-19 or this new transition of time, which has produced this new norm. Uh, over 78 million cases, you know, one report says with 930,000 deaths, over 115 healthcare workers have died. A House of Representatives a subcommittee reviewing the coronavirus pandemic found plants owned by five major meatpacking companies accounted for at least 59,000 COVID cases and 269 deaths. The Wall Street Journal says over 200,000 uh, businesses permanently closed. Then it also has produced a rise in artificial intelligence, digital platforms, hybrid work schedules. So what has been called uh, now what is called the great resignation, but I call it the great opportunity. McKinsey and Company says 64% of employees are willing to quit their jobs with no counteroffer in the next three to six months, while Sherm reports that nearly 70% of black workers and 50% of white workers will more than likely leave their current jobs if offered a new one with significantly better mental health benefits. Not better pay, but better mental health benefits. The current market disruptions have rendered traditional skill sets irrelevant or barely sufficient at best. Then there have been major disruptions to supply chains. Now, it, for those of you who may not know, a supply chains is basically the activities required by the organization to deliver goods uh, or services to the consumer. So that has been disrupted. It's like um, dealing with, uh, you know, distribution, you know, of of materials. Let's say, for instance, Russia being one of the greatest uh, producers of uh, fertilizer. And so now farms are being hit with, 
you know, not not getting fertilizer, plus with the gas prices rising. So now farmers are having to increase their, uh, you know, having to, to pay the increased price in gas, plus going into their silos now for grain instead of getting the uh, the fertilizer that, you know, was produced by Russia. So that's just a byproduct that impacts business as it relates to what's going on with uh Russia and Ukraine. Uh, according to Accenture.com, uh, talking about supply chain disruptions, says 94% of future 1,000 companies are seeing supply chain disruptions from COVID-19. 75% of the companies have had negative or strongly negative impacts on their businesses as far as the supply chains are concerned. And 55% of companies plan to downgrade their growth forecast or outlooks. So this pandemic has really impacted um, organizations in major, major ways, right? But leaders must be resilient in this new norm. And we're talking about the psychology of resilient leadership in this new norm. Resilience means the process of adapting well in the face of adverse times or traumatic situations. Now, there are four agreed upon types of resilience. There's mental, emotional, social, and physical. Uh, Three areas of resilience that matters in uh, 2022 Right. So with with these uh, four agreed upon types of resilience, mental, emotional, social and physical. Well, for leaders, it impacts them in in three different ways of where it matters for them. Number one, in their decision making. Number two, in the execution. And number three, it's in how they review the impact of their execution based on the decision. You know, I mean, you really have to have to account for the decisions that you make in this day and time. Right. You know, an example of adapting. I watched this um, Vistaprint commercial and I've talked about it several times, you know, because it's a wonderful example of adapting of where this young lady had a burger joint business on the waterfront. And she noticed that when she opened up the windows and to allow people to get their fresh air on this waterfront, um, at a certain point, fish were jumping out of the water onto the plates, right, of her customers. And so she adapted uh, by that, not by moving her business or shutting the business down, but she was resilient. And what she did was she innovated based on that adaption and turned that burger joint into a sushi joint. Right. And then she was able to connect with her customers uh, to, to make sure that, you know, she keep them and and grow that business. You know, and so that was a decision that she had to make uh, based on the times. She couldn't have uh, made the fish stop jumping out of the water. That's their natural habitat. And so that's what they were going to do. Right. And so she had to uh, she had to make a decision. So how uh, resilient leaders, you know, these four agreed upon types of resilience, which is mental, emotional, social and physical. Well, 
it, it impacts their decision making execution and how they review the impact of that. And so when so today's uh, um, uh, discussion, we're dealing with decision making as it relates to resilient leadership. As adults, we make over 35,000 decisions per day. I mean, really just, you know, over 200 just on food, (laughs) you know, decisions that we make. And so because of the level of responsibility leaders have, leaders try to make as little decisions as possible. Right. They they make what are called uh, impact decisions. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, I once interviewed a leader of a school. And I asked him, you know, how do you make decisions as it relates to uh, the school and this organizations? And he and he told me he makes the decisions based on how it impacts the students, the staff and the organization. See, being at a school, his ideal client or customer is the students. And so keeping what we call the cheeks, the right cheeks in the right seats, right? Keeping cheeks in seats at a school. Well, that's his ideal customer is our students, right? And so he has to look at how his decisions impacts the students, who is his ideal customer, and then the staff or the employees, right? And then the overall impact it has on the organization, so I, I just thought that that was a, a wonderful way of how to look at making a decision, right? Not even looking at, you know, his pockets, not looking at his family's uh, pockets, but he's looking at, you know, the work that he's involved in. So I have a great deal of respect uh, for him, you know, so because leaders make impact decisions and, and they use these four points. I call the mind of a leader process, Right. I spell it out as an, in an acronym. You know I love acronyms, right? And so it's an acronym, M-I-N-D. First is they look at what the mission of the organization is. And then they look at what information that uh, has been presented to them. Then they negotiate between what their mission is, what they stand for, their core values, and then they decide based on that negotiation, Right. It's called M.I.N.D. Mind. This is how leaders make up their mind. They sift everything through the mission. As I stated with that uh, principal of that school. Right. Whatever information he was given and whatever uh, he had to decide, he looked at the impact it would have on the students. He looked at the impact it's going to have on the staff. And then he looked at the impact it's going to have on the overall organization. So his mission is to make sure that the students have the education, um, the staff have a pleasant place to work, and his organization exists. So that's his mission. Then the information that he's given. So let's say, what information is he given? He may be given information that, uh, you know, the interest rates have gone uh, gone up for uh, a loan that he needs, you know, to make his school run. And plus the loan amount has gone down, but the interest rates have gone up. So that's, you know, that's some information. And now he has to negotiate between, you know, the mission of his school and the mission, you know, of his organization 
and uh, the information that he's just received. And now he has to negotiate between the two. Okay, am I going to stay with this bank? Am I going to stay with this, you know, this loan company for the loan that I need? Or can I look for another loan? You know, what what would the terms be, right? And are the terms going to be beneficial for my organization? So he negotiates between that. And then he makes a decision. And again, the decision, he's looking at the impact of that decision on the students, the staff, and the organization. The same way it is with you in whatever business it is as a leader, even with you as being a family, right, ahead of your family, you got to look at how it's going to impact your ideal customer, how it's going to impact your workers, and how it's going to impact your overall organization. In a recent study by MIT, only 10% of workers, uh, working professionals, agreed that their leaders had the required skill sets to ensure that their organizations thrive and move forward under the current economic conditions. In, other, in another survey of CEOs by Fortune magazine, only 7% of CEOs believed their companies were building effective global leaders. This paradigm underscores the need for for upskilling leaders, right? And so here's what we have to look at. The decisions made by today's leaders in this new norm is based on the four trends um, that post-COVID-19 has produced. And one of the things that has to be increased in skill sets for leaders um, uh, to be increased is the psychology of resilience, but the four trends is there's number one, resilient mindset, which deals with uh, critical thinking, problem solving and decision making. The second trend is emotional intelligence. That's empathetic customer service, right? You're, you're, you're emotionally connected to uh, the business, your clients, your ideal customers and products and services and uh, distribution or the supply chain. Number three, uh, diverse inclusion. See, it's, it's not about recognizing the diversity. It's really now about implementation, right, of diverse inclusion based on that diversity. And the number four, the, the fourth uh, trend is flexibility. Now, this deals with hybrid flexibility, child care, COVID safety protocols, right, uh, in your workplace, and so, again, the four trends that are taking place in this new norm based on the COVID-19 and everything that's happening, right, is resilient mindset, emotional intelligence, diverse inclusion, and flexibility. Now, the decisions that uh, leaders make in their organizations, they impact your organization in four areas. Um, the company culture and products and services customer relations, and community relations. So once again, remember now that there, the four agreed upon uh, types of resilience is mental, emotional, social, and physical. And then uh, the three areas of resilience matters in 2022 is in their decision-making, execution, and a review of the impact, Right. And so then um, those decisions, and so again, like we talk about, we, we're talking about today is just decisions, right? And so the, 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 those decisions uh, that you make, right, when you make up your mind, 
based on the mission, the information, and then you negotiate between the two and you make a decision, those decisions will impact your organizations in four areas, in your company culture, your products and services, your customer relations, and community relations, right? And so uh, once you have made up your mind, you know, the, you can tell those resilient leaders um, from, from, from those that are not resilient leaders, Right. Um, As it relates to how the MIT, you know, stating about, you know, how all of these companies have closed down. Right. In uh, that only 10 percent of working professionals agreed that their leaders had the required skill sets to ensure that their organizations thrive and move forward under the current economic conditions. And those economic conditions are worsening now based on this war that's happening between Russia and Ukraine. And so it's really going to prove, you know, and it's going to test, right, the resilient infrastructure of organizations that did survive the pandemic and that are now here in this now, in this new norm with these gas prices uh, consistently rising, and uh, supply chains continue to be disrupted. So you have to ask yourself the question as a leader in 2022, do you have the psychology of resilient leadership? Listen, thank you for enjoying another episode of Leadership Is Podcast. If you would like to have and half hour conversation about your resilient leadership, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to uh, us at um, jmleadershipconsulting at gmail.com or you can call us at 828-333-7234 and we will respond promptly. And always remember, leadership is influence and service.